Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 234. I am your host, Alejandro Oveda. You have now pushed play to another blazing week. And I got to tell you, this has been a blazing week. I mean, the temperatures are rising above 100 throughout the week. Uh, we saw some light showers uh, throughout the week. It's been kind of crazy. Uh, the, 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 the rest of the week looks like it's going to cool down towards the weekend and into next week. We're looking like we're going to see some more rain somewhere around Sunday or Monday. Uh, so I just want to get you guys ready for what, what's in store. You know, we have such an amazing uh, audience. You guys have been so amazing these past this past month. You know, you guys have been really, really showing that support real strong. Uh, and I got, just got to continue uh, giving you guys that content. I just want to re remind you guys, you guys can find this podcast on Spotify, you can find this podcast on Apple, and also on Anchor Podcast, which I use for my content uh, to, to really relay it out to you guys. So make sure you guys are keeping up each and every week. And if you haven't shared it with someone, make sure you share the podcast with someone, uh, someone that hasn't heard of the podcast, or maybe a friend or a family member. You know, this podcast is an independent podcast. So everything that any support that you guys show goes a long way for this podcast. But I just want to remind you guys. What a great week we've been having. I mean, although I have been MIA from work, I have been on the injured reserve list. Um, I ended up, my, my tendonitis in my right knee flared up so bad this past week. I've been telling you guys, you know, it's been kind of stiff. Um, but I did, I do have tendonitis in my right knee and it flared up this past week. I could not bend it. I could not put any, any weight on it. Um, so I ended up calling out, uh, the weekend and then I ended up getting, uh, a doctor to, to give me a, a few more days off, uh, in order for me to really rest. Um, I feel really good right now. Still haven't worked out, still haven't done anything. I, I just don't want to just aggravate it. Um, I think what was happening was uh, literally I, I was just doing a little too much. You know, uh, when I would do my workouts, I would then go play basketball. It, 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 I had to slow down. Um, wasn't listening to my body. Now that I'm, you know, where I'm at recovering, uh, I, I'm feeling pretty, pretty uh, disciplined now. I really want to get back into my workouts and I want to get back into the shape that I was once at. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm like perfectly in shape, but I just don't want to lose the progress that I have made. But throughout this week, I really had to uh, find it in myself just to uh, get this content out. You know, a lot of me just felt like if I'm injured, you know, everything's got to stop. No, everything's got to keep going. We've got to keep moving. We got to go with what we have. You know, I might, I might be limited of what of what I'm able to do, but I'm not limited of, of, of the content and the things that I'm able to get done. I, I just want to just remind you guys, you know, each and every week is an obstacle in front of you, something that you have to get past. And one thing for sure is you got to keep that positive mindset. And this week was a tough thing for me, you know, like just to be positive has been tough. Um, I have only been thinking about negative things. And then finally getting to my Thursday podcast day. I just couldn't wait to really get it going for you guys. You know, we have a lot to talk about uh, throughout the throughout our city, throughout Fresno. Uh, I'm just so excited that you guys have been, you know, just spending your time with me 
each and every week. Um, and that's something that, you know, you don't get back. That, that that time that you spend with me, you don't get that back. So I just want to let you know I appreciate you guys. And I want to keep giving you guys content each and every week. But this past week, like I said, just trying to get by uh, with this injury, just trying to rest up and been icing it, been uh, elevating my knee, um, just really getting the rest that I need. And I got to thank my wife for really taking care of me. Not totally you know i'm not disabled but she she has been reminding me uh, of certain things that sometimes i just I, I i'm not mindful about like icing and and elevating and doing the little things you know uh, it's amazing to have someone right next to you uh that that could really hold you down in in a way that you never thought was possible and you know, she always reminds me why she is so special and a big part of me and also a big part of this podcast, which we have a lot going this week. So let's talk about what, what we got going on this week. I mean, th this week, I really wanted to just start off by talking about uh, what I was listening to this week. Uh, and this week, if you know me, I'm a big hip hop fan. Uh, so I, I definitely wanted to stick around and, 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 and stick with the hip-hop, especially now that we're right around hip-hop's 50th birthday. Um, I know we, we celebrated a couple weeks ago, but I, I want to continue to celebrate um, just because, you know, it is a big part of me. It's a big part of this podcast. It's a big part of, I think, just my generation um, and if you did not know and you don't follow the podcast very much, I'm a huge fan of independent artists. Um, and if you don't know who the one of the best underground independent artists is, uh, it's Tech Nine, um, and he has been going for three decades. Um, he's members of the groups Black Mafia as well as the 57th Street Rogue Dog Villains. Um, and definitely his profile reaches uh, tons of different genres. Um, one thing for sure is Tech 9 for me, was a, a, la a, a later uh, listen. Just because I always thought his sound was, wasn't West Coast. I always felt like his sound wasn't my sound. You know, and it wasn't until later that I realized, man, he is part of the West Coast. He's been part of, uh, you know, the, the Bay. He's been uh, making music with people from the Bay a long time ago. Uh, so, you know, I, I just got to just give my hat down to uh, Tech Nine for what he's done for hip hop, what he's done for the independent scene, uh, what he's continuing to do. Uh, when he drops his albums um, and, and you know, really taking it into his own to come out with uh, his own sound, with his own look, with his own feeling and experience when you watch him, hear him. Um, and in my opinion, he's one of the best performers that I've ever watched um, in hip hop. Uh, and I've seen a lot of hip hop acts. And I have to say, Tech, Tech Nine is meticulous, he's, uh, it's a circus, it's a rock show, um, there's so many things a part of his experience that I always gravitate towards, so that's why I want to talk about 
his newest album, Bliss, which just came out off of his uh, record label, Strange Music, which is one of the biggest indie labels in the world. Um, and Tech Nine, you know, in tradition, drop an album every, every year almost. Uh, but he's been taking it into his own hands to really come out with newer content, with also his uh, label mates that, you know, he, he, he signed, uh, but also coming out with his own uh, solo albums. Uh, but this album, Bliss, uh, it, it really didn't hit my ear until th this week when, you know, I really had the time to listen to a lot of different music. And when I, when I, when I was uh, listening to this album, I definitely had to give him, you know, his, his love because he's been doing it for so long. And, uh, and just the sound that he's been creating is now what everybody's gravitating towards. So he's been one of those guys that's a trailblazer and a person that, I look up to when it comes to transcending. Um, you know, he's from Kansas City, uh, and he's where, you know, Kansas City's known for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they use, you know, his uh, banger, uh, things that I like, and also 3D, which has a lot of atmospheric, you know, flair to it. But on this album, Bliss, you know, he comes with a lot of different styles, which I appreciate the most because, you know, mostly he's known for just rapping, you know, fast. Um, and, and he does, and he does a great job at doing it, you know, but in my opinion, it's when he goes out of his box. So my favorite songs off Bliss are Knock, which is fin uh, featuring Conway the Machine, X-Rated, and Joyner Lucas. They uh, Know Me, which is featuring The Popper. And then Tell Everyone, which is just his song. I mean, this album has so much depth that I couldn't really list only three songs. I mean, the whole album really had, it was a banger. And that's one thing I like how cohesive his sound is, is that it all comes together uh, once you hear it all. Then it's almost like you can't just hear one song. You have to hear the song before that. Then you have to hear the song you want to listen to and the song after because it goes together so well. So make sure you guys check out Tech Nine's latest album, Bliss, and let me know what you guys think. In this past week, we've been just stuck watching a lot of different shows, a lot of different movies. But I want to talk about just another Netflix game show that just got my attention. Um, actually, a couple of them, which, in my opinion, you know, these kind of game shows are actually interesting when you don't have to wait for, like, the next week's episode like if you're watching on regular tv um but this show is called too hot to handle um and it started uh with season one in 2020 right out right outside of uh the post pandemic uh, or the pandemic and now they're at season five uh but just the just the way this show is set up really is is a different type of show to me um, so you set these, all these hot people up, you know, you set them up, um, with each other. Um, and then they, they, uh, make them, uh, date each other while being celibate. 
So they're not able to, you know, uh, kiss. They're not able to have any, like, sexual touching, uh, anything like that, which is kind of crazy uh, for for a, a, a game show like this. You know, usually uh, it's like, a, it's like a, what do you call it, like, you want to see all the all this the tea, you know what I mean? Uh, but to me, it's more uh, about engaging in people in relationships and how to form you know those long lasting relationships. And it's like these people are placed together in a house for this amount of time. I think it's about four or five weeks, and they must go through different um, experiences. Uh, they put them through workshops. Uh, they put them through uh, different, I would say, uh, things to to really um, make them kind of kiss or, or have sex and stuff like that uh, into these uh, forbidden, like, moments, you know? Um, they, 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 uh, but they prohibit any sexual contact, anything like that, self-gratification, um, and then at the end, you get a monetary prize. But the kicker is every time someone does something that is forbidden, the prize money goes down. So 100000 at the end of the show between, I think it's 10 adults, you know that money is going to go from 100000 all the way to probably 20000 depending on what these uh, contestants do with one another. So it, it it's just a crazy uh, crazy contest, I would say, um, and it's based on the contest uh, from Seinfeld. If you don't know what that is, uh, it, it's a uh, it's in the fifty first episode of the NBC sitcom Seinfeld. Um, it's the eleventh episode of the fourth season, and it aired on November eighteenth, nineteen ninety two. Um, and this is when, in the episode, Jerry, George, and Elaine and Kramer hold a contest to de- determine who can go the longest without masturbating. So this is a crazy, crazy show. I thought I would just share it with you guys, let you guys know that, you know, there is season one all the way through season five. Um, I think we've only watched a few of the seasons. I think we just finished season three, which we couldn't get enough of. This, this, this show is definitely... It's crazy, you know, um, unorthodox, and I feel like um, it's and definitely not for everybody. So don't show it to your kids or anything. But I think it definitely uh, will show you how to uh, how people connect, how people uh, how people are different as well. Like not everybody's the same, and everybody shows their affection differently. So. This is a good show to watch, and let me know what you guys think and what you guys are watching throughout this week. And this week, I just want to remind you of some events that are going down next week. You know, sometimes I often am late to the party or late to the to the, to getting uh, you guys the information for these events, and I sometimes realize you don't listen to it on a Thursday. We might be listening to it on a Monday. So I got to start going in advance to give you guys these events. So I want to I want to talk to you about the Fulton Street Party, which will be on Saturday, August 26th, 2023. And it starts at 4 p.m. And it's going to be right on Fulton Street between Mano and Merced. And 
I gotta say that I'm excited for this year's Fulton Street Party because it's always a great time, and it's a time where we can celebrate our downtown community and the revitalization of our downtown. Um, there will be live music, um, indoor and outdoor, I believe, with venues uh, that will be hosting a car show, uh, a kids area, vendors, uh, beer gardens, and so much more. The Alley in the Valley, Bad Kids Club, Hella Fresno, and the Brewery Districts are co-coordinators making this event the biggest Fulton party yet. So there will be a pre-party at Chuck Chansey Park. Uh, Summer Vibes and later the Fresno Grizzlies will be playing a home game that day, playing as the Lowriders uh, de Fresno. And the things that you should really uh, look for when you get there are the 50-plus acts from all across California. Um, we're we're going to have Fashion um, and other great uh, performers uh, that will be taking on uh, that Mariposa Plaza uh, stage. Uh, 13 indoor and outdoor venues along Fulton Street, including Los Panchos, Luna de uh, Luna Wine Bar, The Fulton, Hashtag Balance, Emergent Studios, and so many more. There'll be tons of local vendors, tons of food trucks, different merchants all along Fulton Street. A fashion show that's going to be curated by FTK Construction, styled by Fulton in the historic T.W. Patterson building. Car show with over 20-plus classic cars and low riders, um, and that will be at Fresno and Merced Streets. The kids' zones will be curated by Hella Fresno and Teal Cali Academy with interactive kids and family uh, performances and other types of games. There'll be aerial art performances in the brewery district. And then right there in the brewery district, there'll be multiple beer gardens, um, including in the brewery. And then also, I think, along the way on Fulton Street. So this is a party that you're not going to want to miss out. It's going to be a great time. And I just wanted to say, you know, make sure you guys uh, are looking out for the event and make sure you guys are keeping your... Uh, your calendars open for Saturday, August 26th for the Fulton Street party as it's going to go down from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. right there on Fulton Street between Mono and Merced. And some big news coming from your uh, local tax dollars as there is a baby elephant to be born for the first time ever at the Fresno Chaffee Zoo. Um, two pregnant elephants are expected to be the first ever to bring newborn calves into the world at the Fresno Chappie Zoo. Uh, this should be on Saturday as World Elephant Day as uh, zoo officials announced that their African elephants, Nawazi and Mahali, are pregnant. Um, and this is great news, you know, coming from me that I advocate for uh, the Chappie Zoo and everything about them that, uh, th that they do for our community um, and the things that uh, are brought to our zoo because of our community as well. Um, it, it, this is great for not only us as a community, for the zoo, for Fresno. Um, and I'm so excited. You know, I really, I, 
I'm super excited because I've been going to the zoo since I was a, a little lad, you know, little boy. Um, and I remember, you know, uh, the elephants and how much I loved going to that to that part of the zoo and especially with their new exhibits that they've redone in the last, you know, 10 years, uh, really has made it even more enjoyable. Uh, but after the Chappie Zoo welcomed Mabu from another AZA facility in November of 2022, they say he displayed breeding behaviors. Six months later, uh, in May of 2023, the zoo received confirmation that both cows or both adult elephants are now pregnant. So zookeepers say the calves are expected to be born between, they say, September and October of 2024. Uh, and this will be the first time that Fresno Chappie Zoo will ever have elephant calves ever born at their zoo. And I just cannot wait to interact with them, you know, and, and see them grow and see uh, how they do in the herd that is already at the Chaffee Zoo. Uh, but the zoo's animal care teams will be monitoring uh, the elephants and preparing their environments for their arrival of these calves. Um, and I'm just going to be keeping up with them. Uh, and you can find updates on the Chaffee Zoo's social media page. So if you guys are interested in seeing all the de different developments from the from the elephants, uh, make sure you guys check out the zoo's uh, Facebook page um, on Instagram or Facebook. But, you know, like I said, I've been a, a zoo goer since a kid, and the elephants has always been one of my favorite exhibits at the zoo. So this is why I definitely wanted to tell you guys about it and let you guys know that there is some big news coming from your tax dollars, um, especially for uh, the Chaffee Zoo and what the Chaffee Zoo has been doing for our community. It's been a great thing, and I just want to continue to support it. And for another event next week, I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite events, uh, the Chill Suite, which tickets are now available uh, for the next event. Uh, this is a, a great event to support, you know, two local DJs uh, that curate playlists uh, that go along with cocktails and just a great ambiance. Um, so make sure you guys check out Chill Suite. And if you're, you know, interested in the tickets, you can find those options um, in their, at their uh, Facebook page, The Chill Suite. Um, and this is going to be at Frank's Place right there on Fulton Street. And Frank Place, Frank's Place is 1432 Fulton Street, Fresno, California. So make sure you guys check out Chill Suite at Frank's Place on Friday, August 25th. And make sure you get your tickets on pre-sale. Uh, the pre-sale tickets are $15, and uh, if you try to buy tickets the day of, uh, they go up to $25. So make sure you guys go ahead and support PDK and Yella with their Chill Sweet event, as this is one of Fresno's staples. And this week, I want to continue just supporting our local music, uh, especially this artist, your boy The Fee, as he dropped his latest song uh, featuring... Featuring Legend Lokes in their new song called Ghetto Bird. And you can find Ghetto Bird on all streaming platforms right now. And one thing about this is uh, I, I think this, this song goes very well with uh, what our local scene, uh, especially uh, Fresno, in exact, uh, should be uh, making music like. You know, uh, not necessarily about 
killing or anything like that, but tell us about where you come from and tell us how it is, you know? And that's one thing I like about your boy, The Fee, is he really paints the, a, a great picture for you, especially with his lyrics. Um, he lets you uh, inside of who he is and what he sees and what he's around, and he, he gives you the truth as well as gives you uh, in-depth uh, outlook, you know? Um, you got to really listen to this song to really understand, and you also got to be in a town or a city that when you see that helicopter, you know what, what time it is, you know? Uh, so make sure you guys check out Getter Bird on all your streaming platforms. Uh, make sure you continue to support your local music, especially supporting your boy The Fee as uh, Ghetto Bird is now streaming on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you guys get your music from. And this week, also want to continue to support another local podcast that I've been really listening to and watching uh, throughout their whole process. Um, and it's The Gas Podcast, and that's going to be BKR Raps and HK on the Street, as they have now uh, completed, you know, eight episodes now. And some of those episodes you can find on YouTube. Some of those episodes you can find on Spotify. But one thing for sure is I think they have a good thing going right now, good thing rolling for themselves as they've been on a roll with, uh, you know, episode eight that just came out yesterday, uh, celebrating hip-hop and uh, just talking about their experiences and uh, what they uh, love about the genre. And, you know, I love hearing about different things about drinks and, and traveling and, and brewing as uh, that's something that I've always been intrigued with in. Even though I do not drink any longer, I still uh, love the craft and I still respect the craft. And I love to hear about it and hear how how much they love and to be involved in it. So to hear that podcast, I definitely want to uh, let you guys know there is another podcast, local podcast out there uh, that really talks about, you know, wine, beer, food. Uh, pairings of wine, beer, and food, and, and just their experiences in uh, wine, beer, and food. I think it's a great podcast. I think it's going to go a long way, and I just want to show my support for that. Um, so congratulations to the Gas Podcast for their eighth episode as they continue a long road ahead. Now let's talk about the Fresno State Bulldogs. As the Bulldogs are still in their fall camp and getting ready for you know their uh, first game that is scheduled Saturday, September 9th, 2023, which will uh, be Fresno State uh, versus Eastern Washington Eagles of the Big Sky Conference right here in the Valley Children's Stadium in Fresno, California. And the one thing that I want to talk about is that Fresno State will be making history uh, with their home opener as the Fresno State Bulldogs uh, will be the first exclusively Spanish-language television broadcast. The school has announced it on Tuesday. And this is a big, big thing. This is a this is a huge thing for not only us, but for our community and for our region. Um, this is a historic partnership of our university and our athletics department as it aligns perfectly with our strategic priorities, said Fresno State President Saul Jimenez Sandoval. Um, and this is Univision's reach uh, and the impact and our collaboration uh, with Univision, which enables uh, them to build this solid pathway for the youth in our Fresno 
and also Valley to engage with Fresno State now and into the future. Um, this is going to be a Unimas broadcast, which will feature play-by-play from six-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster Yessi Losado. Um, and an English language broadcast will be streamed live by the Mountain West Network. Uh, the Mountain West Network broadcast will incorporate radio broadcast uh, from the Bulldog Sports Network, which will be following, which will be featuring Paul Lafleur, Pat Hill, and Cam Worrell. Um, and I think, as a Fresno State fan, I'm super proud of this. Uh, this is a big, big thing as, you know, we're going to hit a different type of market um, here in, in, in Fresno as uh, this partnership with uh, Univision could make, I mean, it's going to make history. It's already going to make history. And it's going to be the start of, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month um, with this, you know, what almost first of its kind. I don't think it's ever been done ever. So the Hispanic mark is the Hispanic market is a huge part of the Central Valley of the Valley at most and it is super important to the Fresno State uh future. Um and I think you know we have to be proud uh to facilitate such a cultural um change. You know, um, to engage with a different type of audience, especially with, you know, the Valley's own university. So, as the lone FBS institution in California's Central Valley, it is important uh, for them to really engage and grow with, you know, the a multicultural uh, viewership. You know, uh, that's the only way we're going to grow. That's the only way our demographic uh, is going to change, and that's how it's going to change, I think, for the perception of everybody's thoughts of what Fresno State is and what Fresno State stands for. And it's definitely stands for, you know, the community and our population, which is probably Hispanic. You know, this is a partnership that aligns fans with now their team. You know, uh, at one point, you know, they, they it was just... They were not broadcasting to them, you know. They they weren't marketing to them. Now they can market Fresno State football to a different demographic and bring them along the pathway that we see that we're going, you know. And Fresno State has been doing some great things to, to really change perception. So I'm happy to just let you guys know that this uh, this first of its kind. Uh, it's going to make college football a lot different, uh, but the first exclusively Spanish language television broadcast for our Fresno State football team, and it's going to be history. So make sure you guys stay tuned, be prepared, Saturday, September 9th, for Fresno State's first home opener. As we continue with our local sports segment, let's talk about our Fresno Grizzlies as they remain first in the California League North Division. With a record of 30 and 14, uh, they got a five game uh, lead against the Modesto Nuts. So the Grizzlies have been in a great position uh, in this second part of their season. Uh, but last week, they took on the San Jose Giants in a six game series. 
and they ended up going two and four in that series. They lost uh, their first game five to ten. Their second game zero to two. They won their third game six to four. Lost their fourth game seven to eleven. Lost their fifth game one to five. And then finally getting their uh, second win in that series against the Giants on Sunday, eight to five. And then this week, uh, the Grizzlies continue on the road as they play the Modesto Nuts. They have a one and one uh, tie right now in the sixth in their six game series against the Modesto Nuts. They lost their first game six to nine and won their second game twelve to three. They'll finish off this week. Um, in Modesto uh, for the remainder of the week. And then next week, they will be back to be uh, take on the Stockton Ports here at the Chuck. So make sure you guys tune in next week for more on your Fresno Grizzlies. Now let's talk about our Central Valley Fuego as they drop down in the USL League One division. Uh, they drop down to number 12 with a 5-2-14 and 14 record. And last weekend, the Fuego took on Lexington SC, and they lost 3-2. to two. Uh, Just couldn't get enough shots on goal or on target. Um, they, they led in possession time, and also their passing was on point as they had at least 85% of their passing. Um, the one thing that I think that, was, was, that hurt them was that they didn't get enough uh, shots on, on, on goal. And that's what happens when, you know, you're falling from behind uh, early in the game and then you're having to make up uh, points, you know, at the end. And then uh, to make things worse, right in the 59th minute, you know, they cause a penalty, uh, which they end up scoring their third goal. So you got to really uh, be disciplined and you, and you also got to play with your heart on your sleeve. So I just hope, you know, the Central uh, our Central Valley Fuego could get their uh, – get their thing together and, and, and maybe get a win this weekend as uh, they will be facing off against Charlotte Independence. Um, here they'll be having a home game at Fresno State Soccer Stadium. So make sure you guys are supporting your Central uh, Valley Fuego as they need us this weekend. And make sure you guys head out to the Fresno State Soccer Stadium and uh, make sure you yell uh, really loud for our Central Valley Fuego. Now let's talk about the MLB, and we'll talk about our NL West California teams as uh, the Dodgers right now are first in the NL West with a 73-46 and 46 record. Uh, they're really making uh, a stride to really take over the NL West right now, making uh, a lot of uh, a great progress to the rest of the NL West. Uh, but last week they ended up finishing off their series against the Rockies which they ended up uh, sweeping the Rockies uh, 4-0. Uh, they beat the Rockies 2-1 their first game. They beat the Rockies 6-1 their second game. Uh, the, they beat them 4-1 their third game. And then their, third, their fourth game, they beat the Rockies 8-3. Then the Dodgers took on the Brewers uh, this week over the weekend, over the week, uh, which right now they have a 2-0 lead in that series, and they'll finish off their uh, third game tonight. And then this weekend, the Dodgers will remain at home versus the Marlins, and then we'll be on the road next week versus the Guardians. So make sure you guys tune into the Blaze Podcast for more 
on your Dodgers. Now let's talk about my San Francisco Giants, who have a record of 64-57. and 57. And the Giants over the week took on the Rangers, and they ended up going 1-2 and two in that series. The Rangers beat the Giants 2-1 to one the first game. The Rangers beat the Giants 9-3 in their second game. And then finally, the Giants got the third game 3-2. to two. And then they ended up playing the Rays at home. Uh, and they ended up going 1-2 and two in that series as well. The Rays beat the Giants 10-2 their first game. Then the Giants beat the Rays 7-0 their second game. And then the Rays beat the Giants 6-1 their third game. And then uh, tomorrow, they will start off a three-game series on the road versus the Braves. And then they'll remain on the road next week versus the Phillies. So make sure to tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your Giants. Now let's talk about the Padres, who have a 58-63 and 63 record, and they remained fourth in the NL West. And last week, they ended up taking on the Diamondbacks on the road as they went 1-2. and two. Uh, They got the first game 10-5 to five versus the Diamondbacks. Then the Padres lost uh, the last two, 3-0 uh, to zero the, the second game, and then 5-4 to four the third game. Then the Padres went back home to take on the Orioles, and they ended up going 2-1 and one versus the Orioles. They lost the first game, though, uh, as the Orioles beat the Padres 4-1. to one. Then the Padres beat the Orioles 10-3, to three, and then the Padres beat the Orioles 5-2 to two the third game. And then this week, which will start off today, the Padres will be back at home to take on the Diamondbacks. And then uh, over the week, they will be continue to be at home uh, to take on the Marlins. So make sure to tune in to the Blaze Podcast for more on your San Diego Padres and the rest of your NL West division. Now let's talk real quick about our AL West uh, California teams, the Angels, who remain fourth in the AL West division with a 60-62 and 62 record. And then the Athletics remain last uh, and fifth in the AL West division with a 34-87 and 87 record. So make sure to tune in for more on the AL West uh, California division teams. Now let's talk about the NFL. And this week I just want to talk about the signing of Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots for a one-year deal. Um, it's worth up to, I think, $6 million. But one thing for sure, you would have to just assume that he has to do a lot to get that $6 million. You know, he gets a signing bonus of 600000 and a base salary of $1.5 million. Uh, but the salary reduces to $1 million if he suffers a season-ending injury before the first game of the regular season. But he also has 50000 per game. Tied to being on the active roster, that's another eight hundred and fifty thousand in all. He also has three million in potential incentives. They fall into two categories and are earned three hundred thousand dollars at a time. For nine hundred and seventy-five yards from scrimmage, he gets three hundred thousand. For one thousand one hundred yards from scrimmage, he gets another three hundred thousand. So. At 1,225 yards from scrimmage, 1,350 yards from scrimmage, and 1,475 yards from scrimmage, up to $1.5 million. He also gets 300000 for participating in 50% of the offensive snaps. Another 300000 is added at a 55% to 65%, and up to 
Thus, Elliott gets six million if he suits up for every single uh, regular season game, if he generates more than fourteen hundred yards from scrimmage, and if he's on the field for at least seventy percent of the offensive snaps. Given the way you know that the Patriots play their offense, um, th- they use running backs. The last one could be the hardest to satisfy. You know that just just to be. Uh, Injury free that, that that's definitely a hard feat to do in the NFL as a running back, and to get a, a great um, pay as well as a running back has been hard as they showed uh, some kind of pay um, stat the other day, and a rookie makes the most per season. Um, I think it's like McCaffrey is second and just how low it goes for the rest of the NFL, you know, supreme running backs. Um, I think it's a hard uh, hard position to play because, you know, you put your body on the line and you're needed every, every almost every play. Not You're, you're almost needed as much as uh, the, the quarterback because you got to block, you got to pass, you got to uh, catch, you got to – there's so many things you have to do. But to see that – you know, the the Patriots added such a dynamic running back to their offense. I think this really puts them in a better position, especially in the NFC East, as, you know, they, they got to go against uh, the Dolphins, the Jets, and, and, another, and also another stacked AFC, you know, division that is Patrick Mahomes, which is, you know, the Buffalo Bills, we got so many different AFC teams right now that are just dominant. And to see that the Patriots are trying to at least uh, scratch their way into uh, making progress, I think this is a big, big sign for Bill Belichick. However, it's unknown what Elliott's role is going to be on the offense and how much he will play um, in the offense for the Patriots but I believe that's gonna be it's gonna take time we're not gonna see that right now and we're not gonna see that week three week five we're gonna see the progress be like week 10 week 11 as Elliot gets more comfortable with the offense you know um it's just gonna be a great fit I believe as I think Belichick you know always looks forward to great running backs especially with having trouble uh, passing the ball. Um, he's going to have a running back that could really take a lot of that pressure off the QB. Um, and it's going to be great to see if Elliott could really change up his running style. You know, it, it's a lot different from playing in Dallas to playing in New England. So my question is going to be, what will Elliott really uh, bring to the Patriots? Or is he going to really bring a supreme running game along with him? Are we going to see, you know, the past Ezekiel Elliott? Or are we going to see that Ezekiel Elliott of last year? Um, but I know as Patriots fans, they expect to see him on the field. They expect to see him at 100%. And they expect to see him as a workhorse. So... I just think Patriot fans are definitely in for a great season, uh, especially with this signing. Uh, But we're going to have to see exactly how quick he could grasp that Patriots offense. You know, uh, just like the likes of Randy Moss, 
uh, Corey Dillon. You know, there's others uh, that that played um, only a season for the Patriots or a quick window and had to uh, learn the offense to make those contributions immediately. So it's going to be largely on how he acclimates to the team, to the coaching style, and definitely to the system. So I'm hoping to see a big turnaround for Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not going to see he's going to say he's going to meet that 1,400 rushing yards, but he could be a 1,000-yard rusher this season with the Patriots. And I'm just hoping to see a great season from all of the NFL. So I just got to say this is a big signing for the Patriots. You know, we had some great games last week for our second week of preseason. But this week for week three, we got uh, preseason starting today uh, with the Browns versus the Eagles, Giants versus the Panthers, Bengals versus the Falcons. Um, and then over the weekend, we got Jaguars versus the Lions, Dolphins versus Texans, Bills versus Steelers, Bears versus Colts, Buccaneers versus Jets, Titans versus Vikings, Chiefs versus Cardinals, Patriots versus Packers, Broncos versus 49ers, Raiders versus Rams, Cowboys versus Seahawks. And then on Sunday, Saints versus Chargers, and Monday, Ravens versus Commanders. <coughs> so these are some good matchups for the week. And let me know who you're going for this season. Now let's talk about the NBA. As the NBA, you know, has just came out with their uh, schedule for the 2023-2024 season. But Tuesday, they also let out the schedule for the group stage games of its inaugural in-season tournament, which we'll see the NBA Cup handed out for the first time in Las Vegas on December 9th on ESPN. The new tournament will be a proving ground for the league's newest stars uh, as Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs have more nationally televised games three than any other team during the four-game group stage of the tournament, which will take place across the month of November. So what exactly is the NBA Cup and how will the uh, the tournament work and why is it happening and what is the NBA really hoping to get out of it? But with these questions, um, I think here's what we really know or what I know about the NBA in-season tournament. Um, I know that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver wanted to implement this years ago. And this is for a variety of reasons. Uh, much like, you know, the playing games, um, it took a long time to convince everybody that this kind of thing will, will work. Uh, the first hope, obviously, is to hopefully generate a lot more money. And the NBA believes that, you know, the in-season tournament can become um, a significant moneymaker, uh, especially in the franchise over time because of the, the ability to, to just uh, sell the rights on television as it did with the NBA's version of the event. Uh, the other hope is to draw eyeballs to the league and uh, to basically this stretch of the tournament, which, you know, no real, nobody really pays attention to the first part of the NBA season. Uh, so from the start of November through the first week of December, 
uh, might be the most, like I say, irrelevant part of the NBA schedule. It's after, I would have to say, Christmas, the first of the year, to uh, the NBA All-Star Game. You know, um, this is when the NFL ends, all college football's over. Um, but I believe if, or I think what the commissioner believes is that if they can bring more attention to the NBA um, in the most irrelevant time of the year, it will be seen as a victory. If they can get people that were are, are watching NFL or college and they pay attention to the NBA, that's what they're doing it for. Um, Silver is long fascinated with, like, you know, European soccer, um, and, and that's how they got this kind of NBA in-season tournament, which lies in the cup tournaments across, I think, you know, all Europe soccer. Uh, but in those leagues, there is regular season championship determined by a team with the most points over the full year, then a separate t- a tournament, or in some cases, multiple tournaments that run c- concurrently with the season that they're playing in. So unlike European soccer, though, tournaments, which are played outside of the league schedule, the NBA Cup is built into the NBA's regular season schedule. So the 30 teams were split up into six five-team groups. The four-group stage games will then be played on seven November dates, uh, four Fridays, uh, and then three Tuesdays. Uh, The quarterfinals will be played December 4th and 5th at the higher-seeded teams, and then the semifinals and championship games will then be played December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. You know, this is going to be just an adjustment for how these games are going to be added to their to the season. Typically, the NBA sends out a full 82-game schedule in mid-August. This year, the league will only be sending each team only 80 games. Why? It's because each team's final two regular season games will be determined how the season tournament plays out. So the 22 teams that fail to qualify for the knockout rounds of the in-season tournament will have their final two games scheduled, one at home and then one on the road. Um, I think December, some dates in December, I think it's 6th and December 8th against other teams eliminated in the group stage. Um, the East teams that lose in the quarterfinals and the West teams that lose in the quarterfinals will play each other on December 7th. The teams that lose in the semifinals in Las Vegas will have played their full allotment of 82 games, while the teams that reach the championship game will actually wind up playing 83 games with the championship game not counting toward, you know, the regular season standings. Uh, But this is going to be a hard launch, I believe. And one of the biggest questions surrounding the in-season tournament is how will the teams be really incentivized to want to take this seriously by making it part of the regular season schedule and then making it toward a regular season, almost like a like a playoff tiebreaker in some sort. But the NBA created a situation which the team's interest is to win these games. 
if this had been set up like the cup tournaments in European soccer, there would have been nothing stopping NBA teams from opting out literally, figuratively, and sitting literally all their players and getting extra rest time. But under this new system, they'll have very... I, I think there'll be enough incentive to play and win. Um, so this is going to be a great, I think, thing for the NBA as uh, they created these groups, uh, which separated by conferences. Uh, the NBA put all 50 teams in each conference into five pots, separated by their finish in last season standing. So I think pot one included the teams that finished one to three in regular season record teams four through six into another pot team seven through nine and then 10 through 12 and then 13 through 15. Um, so as a result, the, the groups are drawn as group a will be Philadelphia 76ers, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers, and Detroit Pistons. Group B will be Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, and Charlotte Hornets. Group C will be Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets, Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls, and Orlando Magic. And then Group D will be Memphis Grizzlies, Phoenix Suns, LA Lakers, Utah Jazz, and Portland Trailblazers. Group E will be Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers, New Orleans Pelicans, Dallas Mavericks, and Houston Rockets. And then Group F will be Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors, Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder, and then the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and then I think the incentive right now is the players on the winning team will each get 500000 while the runners-up will only get 200000 The losing players of the semifinals will each get 100000 and the losing players of the quarterfinals will get 50000 So... You know, this is this is going to be um, like a season on, on its own. So there will be a most valuable player award for the in-season tournament as well as an all-tournament team. And no, I, I, don't, I doubt this is going to have anything um, to impact the, the playoffs. Uh, and there was some debate, I think, among league uh, leaders that they were guaranteeing a playoff berth as a reward for winning the tournament, ultimately that idea or any other idea further incentivizes teams was not inactive. You know, the only playoff impact I think it will come from the wins and losses accrued throughout the tournament. So it's still going to be part of your, 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 uh, your yearly schedule and it will count as wins and losses. Uh, so I think that will also incentivize teams to want to participate in this NBA cup. Um, so I'm just glad that, you know, there's going to be some new things to this season. As you know, I thought the play-in uh, a couple of years ago was kind of a joke. But now seeing how, how much it has helped the NBA and how the competition even gets even better with it, I think this is going to go along with that. So I'm hoping to uh, get <clears throat> more dates of the of the Cup going and figure out exactly what dates and what uh, what games we'll be playing for that in-season tournament. So make sure you guys tune into the Blaze Podcast for more on your NBA. I just want to thank you for pushing play this week and every week. 
you know, your support goes a long way for this independent podcast. Just want to remind you guys just to listen every Thursday. Every Thursday, the Blaze Podcast will be dropping new content. So make sure you guys are active on the Facebook account. Make sure you guys are active on the Instagram account. You know, I'm trying to start uh, getting more into the social media uh, craze as uh, you know it's been it's it's hard but at the same time I have to do it so make sure you guys are just doing something new make sure you guys are doing something great um, and use your time wisely as you know we share this time together throughout the day make sure you do something for yourself as well uh, I just want to tell you guys uh, thank you and make sure you guys support all your local businesses support all your local artists and make sure you support all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off episode 234.